to the second episode of Get This Cake Podcast with your host, Janelle Clark. Um, I hope you all are having great Tuesday. Uh, wow. So this month is over. Christmas is over. I hope you guys had a great holiday. I, <laughs> I mean, I definitely like... Yeah, I need to go on a detox this week. I don't know about you guys. Obviously, it was not the same holiday. We couldn't have the same gatherings or, you know, the parties that we normally would have around this time of year. But I had just my little bubble that we all kind of just stick together. Had some really great food and a fuck ton of wine. Like, so much wine. Um, (laughs) My liver hates me. It has, it, yeah, it, it has been a rough couple days, but you know what? We're back. It's a new week, uh, fresh start. I am so ready to just have this year be over. Like there's only a few more days left of 2020. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just ready for it to be done. <laughs> um, but yeah, how how was your guys' holiday? Did you ended up being able to celebrate even the smallest little things, such as a you know a FaceTime call with your friends or made any of your favorite recipes? Hope you guys did enjoy um, those little special moments, right? Because it's not always about the gifts; it's about the moments that you can cherish. And uh, I hope you've had one special. Um, thing or tradition that you've been able to still partake in this this past couple days. So, um, yeah, New Year's Eve is happening. That is that that's Friday, right? Like, let me just check my calendar. Is today's the 29th? That's crazy. Yeah. So New Year's Eve is literally <laughs> nope. That's Thursday. Holy. Okay. So. That just kind of just brings me to my topic for this week for you guys is what is proper salon etiquette? I mean, I have been thinking about this for a while. And if you live in Toronto or if you're in Ontario, you guys know we're we're in another lockdown until mid-January. If not, that's probably going to be extended as well. Like I, I cannot see what would be the point of trying to open up this province again in February, like especially for restaurants and shit. Like, I mean, it, it sucks. It really, really, really sucks. And like trying to find a job or have any source of income other than like CERB or EI right now for a lot of people is a big struggle and it's on everyone's minds. We know that this is the most expensive time of year. You just spent money on gifts and then the bills come piling up. So it is a really stressful time of the year, but I mean, I can't see this being the last lockdown. It's just a really scary time right now with all the COVID cases. Um, But if you're listening right now and you're not in a lockdown, you're not in Ontario, some of you may have access to certain facilities and services that we don't have access to, such as your hair salon or your nail salon or your lash lady or your brow lady uh, or your barber, right? 
you know, we all want to look our best on New Year's Eve. Who doesn't? Um, and if we weren't in lockdown right now, like, yeah, I probably would be making an appointment to get my hair done or my nails done right now. Um, so I, I just want to, I want to reflect on that because I used to be the type of person to go to the nail salon every three weeks. It was crazy. Um, there was a time where I found a job um, outside of serving. So, you know, I come from the customer service industry and I worked at Starbucks for years. And for any of my fellow baristas out there, you guys know, like you cannot have your nails done. So I started working um, at this place that would allow that flexibility to have your nails done. And then also after that, I worked at TD and we were allowed to have our nails done too. I was like, psych, this is awesome. This, <laughs> this is what I'm gonna spend my money on. So for any ladies out there, you know if you're getting acrylics or gel or shellac, usually a set will you know last you for about two weeks, two or three weeks, right? And then you get a fill, which will last you another week and a half, and then a new set. And it's this constant cycle. So, you know, I used to spend so much money on my nails and I've taken a break for, you know, this has been the longest time without them just because A, <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> I've been in lockdown this whole entire year here in Ontario. And B, if we weren't in lockdown, there was barely anything open. So I just didn't really even see the point of like spending the money for what, for no one to see. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to like talk about some of the things that I have overheard while at the salon. And some of the things that you guys, I put out a poll on my Instagram if you've seen it, what are some crazy things you guys have overheard at the salon? Um, a lot of you responded to me and I've, I, I have some crazy stories. And you know what? These just blow my mind. <laughs> like These are hilarious. But I used to go to this guy named Tony in Halifax. This is Vietnamese guy. Awesome. We were actually business partners when I was doing B2B uh, business sales. And I met him like through just recommendations in the city. So once again, like um, if you listen to the first episode, uh, for those who don't know, I am from Halifax. So word of mouth for businesses is really great way to promote yourself. And a lot of the girlfriends I knew always went to this guy named Tony. And so I would go with him and he would just chat with me about my week, you know, what was new, how was business, uh, how was my boyfriend, like those type of conversations. Um, but, you know, I would hear and it's really hard not to. <laughs> if you have been to a salon, they have seat next to seat, next to seat, next to seat. And then especially if you're getting a pedicure done, there's usually like three or four massage chairs right next to each other. There's no space. So if you've been, you know what I mean. It's so hard not to overhear other people's conversations. And growing up, I was always told, it's fruit, eavesdrop. But like, <laughs> in these types of social settings, it's almost impossible. And let me tell you, honey, that's where you get the best tea. So, you know, I would just, you know, ask him the same type of questions. Like, how was your week? Um, how are you? 
But there have been a couple times where I'd hear like other girls who came together and booked at the same time, just like, yeah, like, fuck my baby daddy. He hasn't paid his child support. Like, la da 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 da. Like, just trashing like other people. And it was just like, it was always just so uncomfortable, especially for the person given the service, the, you know, the nail technician who has to just sit there and either A, try to engage or B, pretend that they don't hear anything. And sometimes, depending on the conversation, you probably don't want to engage. Like, I don't know what it is. It always seems like this safe space that you could just talk shit about strangers in front of other strangers. And that always baffled me. So that's why I I was like, okay, I definitely need to do an episode on this. Um, And I saw that a couple of you guys did respond to my poll, right? So one of my friends, Susanna, um, she's one half of the Starfish podcast. She also does um, lash lifts and tints. And she responded that on her experience one time of going to the nail salon at 10 a.m., mind you, was the appointment time, this girl was getting a pedicure and just yelling about the dick that she had the night before. Like, like what? Okay. (laughs) First of all, wow. Like, sis, where do you have the energy to go off to a dick appointment and then make sure your toes look pretty at 10 a.m.? Like, uh, what? (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Like, I mean, hey good for you. I mean, if you're this girl who's listening to this episode right now, kudos to you. That's all I have to say about that. Um, wow. Uh, she has to make sure her toes look pretty as well. Like she, she feels good. She's on high right now. I guess the dick was really great. Now she, her toes have to be really good at 10 a.m., I guess. Um, my other friend, Erica, who is back home, uh, in the East coast as well. She, (laughs) she always has a new set of nails. And I mean, I remember like when the pandemic was starting to like loosen up with restrictions back home and, you know, you could get your nails and hair done. She was like the first one to go get her nails done right away. Um, I used to be the exact same. And I just kind of gave up. But I asked her the same question, like what were some of the crazy things that she has heard at the nail salon? And she's told me that she heard about this woman just talking away about how her husband is in jail and that her kids are now taken away. What? I mean, (laughs) is that... Like, is that okay to talk about to your nail technician? Um, I don't know about y'all, but I mean, if I was married and my husband went to jail, there's just, yeah, no, no. I mean, unless it was over, I, I don't like the cops, but if it was over something that I knew he was innocent on, yeah, I would probably would stay. But if my husband is going to jail, I don't want to be part of that mess. That just sounds so messy to me. And that doesn't seem healthy for me or my kids. And I'm definitely not trying to support him after jail. Like, I, 
you guys can get mad at me for that opinion, but I would probably, I wouldn't leave. I mean, like I said, it depends on the situation. I would probably, no, fuck it. No, I would leave. <laughs> but like, I also know for a fact that is not something I'm going to bring up to my, like to the nail technician. And like, that's not something I want strangers to overhear as well. Like, I feel like that's so personal. Like, and I mean, I bet she's going through a lot. Like, I feel like that would be so traumatic if like all of a sudden your spouse got like arrested and your kids would be taken away. Like, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, you probably just need a little bit of me time. I, Honey, like, I feel like I don't understand what she's going through, but we probably all know that when you're going through something traumatic like that, or anything that is just very unsettling to your everyday routine. You want to do things that are just, you know what, let me just take my mind off it. Let me just have some peace. And for some of us that is going to get our nails done. Some of us that is, you know what, it's been a couple of weeks, let me go to the barber. Some of us, you know, let's go to the tattoo shop. I'm in a new tattoo. Um, a new piercing. Uh, you know what? I want to get microblade and done. Let me get my eyebrows done. Let me get a lash lift. Like those are type of services that are meant to make you feel good. And so I feel like that's why when we are going through really bad things, we we go ahead and make these types of appointments. And not necessarily for everyone. I mean, there's some people who religiously are like, all right, I'm gonna make an appointment every couple of weeks. But for me, <laughs> I like, I still, I, I guess like when I think about it, I feel like I've been going through some sort of hardship every time I've gone to make an appointment like that. And big or small, it could be, it could be something as small as just like me being on my period and that's traumatic enough. But like, I guess that's why it's sometimes hard to have a filter on the things that you'd say in that space that I guess we just see as a safe space. Like, let me just go back a little bit. When I was younger, I remember, I think I was like 15, 14, I got my very first job at American Eagle and I was just working part-time, making my first little bit of money, $10 an hour, woo! And as a teenager at that age, you just kind of want to do things to fit in and you want to start to evolve whatever your masculinity or your femininity is or your identity. You know, it takes all of your teenage years and some parts of your adulthood to figure out who you really are. And those are the years where you're like, how can I feel good about myself? And there's some pressures that teenagers go through uh, that even make it even harder to, you know, have that self-discovery. And so I remember, you know, growing up, we didn't have much. So my parents would say to me, like, look, if you want it, buy it yourself. And that's why I got my first job. So I saved up my money and the only place that I could afford to get my hair done with that $10 an hour that I was making part time was at this uh, school. And it's if most of you might know, it's called HDC Halifax something. I can't remember. Hair Design Center, I think it's called. Um, and they basically you know, have a whole 
program that you go through and you can book actual appointments with them so it helps the students gain experience and there is staff members to help guide them through the appointments um, and then once you graduate they help you find a job at a salon and a lot of um, them end up going to the salons owned by the school so like the head shop for example you guys can look it up uh, to know what I mean and Long story short, I was, like I said, 15 years old, few bucks in my pocket, wanted to feel good, wanted to feel feminine and get my hair done. I wanted to get it dyed for the first time ever, <laughs> ever. And growing up in a prominently white area, don't be surprised, bitch, I want a blonde highlights. So <laughs> I go there. And she's doing my hair. I get settled in the chair. I'm feeling good. It's my first hair appointment, getting hair dye. And I just see this look of horror on this woman's face. She turns white as a ghost. And I'm just kind of like, what's, you know, what's going on? And she's trying to hide her like fear really well. And I'm, I just straight up, I was always been straight up, even as a kid, I was like, um, hi, I'm just wondering if you know how to work with black girl hair. And I swear to God, I kid you not, she says to me, yeah, so to quote unquote deal with ethnic hair, we have to pay extra in our tuition costs to learn how to work with your type of hair. So it's an extra cost uh, in a course that isn't already offered. I said, what? Um, so it's a school, a hair school that only teaches one type of hair? I was so traumatized when I mean there was nothing available really for my hair type in this city. I truly mean it because unless you did not go to school in Halifax, if you offered a variety of um, techniques for different hair types and curl types and curl patterns, um, then there was no way it was expected for you to really truly know how to work with different hair of different ethnicities uh, and different backgrounds you know if you're from nova scotia and you were working in a hair salon in nova scotia chances were you went to hdc for your for your school so i at that point that was when i decided you know what i'm gonna go on youtube i'm gonna teach myself what products i need and work with my own hair and so for most of my teenage years and going into adulthood the only time i ever went to the hair salon was usually if i was traveling in another province like if i were to come here to ontario or quebec or bc or whatever the case may be that's when i would go and get my hair done uh but if it was back home I did that shit myself. So my only real experiences really going to salons were, you know, going for the occasional brow appointment or nail salons. <laughs> or um, I would go sometimes for massages or anything like that. But I mean, I moved here this year, um, especially for the listeners who listened to our first episode, you would know that. And I discovered this really, really cute salon uh, called Lola on Ossington. Really great experience there. And 
I trust that the schools that our hairdressers here in Ontario are going to are way more professional. And Toronto is a city of diversity, immense amount of diversity. Like, I recall, like, I discovered Chloe Beauty when I first got here and I cried. I was in tears um, living most of my life, like, not being able to find, like, things cater to me and hair extensions cater to my hair um you know you could go to certain like beauty supply stores but it'd be locked up in a separate section and you don't want to be accused of stealing it (laughs) so it, it was bad it was really really bad so having accessibility to products and hair salons and knowledgeable stylists in the city was so phenomenal to me so i was like screw it i'm gonna start going for regular appointments to get my hair trimmed and colored here so I'm walking into this hair salon. It's been a minute, guys. It's been a minute. And I start to just sit in the waiting area. And my uh, appointment is, I'm there a little early. So there's a girl already. Just She's just finishing up in the chair that I'm supposed to sit in. And all I hear, oh, guys, I mind you, this was probably end of November. So it was right after that week long uh, nail biting American election when Joe Biden won. And <laughs> so I, I see that there's a couple other uh, clients. So there's like two or three other girls and there's this one guy and all I hear is, I think the election was rigged. I don't know. Why are they still counting ballots? And the poor hairstylist, I just see her. She's just, she's just like, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. So, sir, uh, is this short enough for you? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally understand. And I'm just like, wow, crap, this is so uncomfortable. And I the other stylist, I hear her just like, yeah, so match with this one guy on hinge, and like, I don't know. Like, I just don't have time for this type of bullshit. And like it was, (laughs) it was just kind of like crazy. Um, And I, so I finally got my turn and I sat down and I asked her, I said, you know, because I didn't really want to get into those type of conversations. Um, Like for me, um, like I said, I find myself usually just going to the salon if I'm like, on my period and overly hormonal and I just want change or if my heart is broken and uh, I uh, need a little boost. So (laughs) I just hate getting into those conversations personally. So I asked her, I said, you know, how do you deal with this? And oh, sorry, I dropped my pen. Guys, I always like write notes when I record. But um, she's like, yeah, so... um, I have been just in this industry for a while and she said to me that the biggest thing she can do is agree, nod your head, you know, listen, but not to actually give advice. She said the last thing you want to do is tell somebody, yeah, like, fuck your husband, leave him, and then have the husband come in and say, I'm getting a divorce because you advised my wife to get a divorce. And so she's like, it can be really messy if you try to give advice. Um, and I was like, well, that's that's like really, you know, interesting to hear. I said, but also how do you compartmentalize with like all the stories you hear in a run of a day and then go home at night and, you know, just 
kind of forget it all. I said, you know, the only experience I've had in this position is when I was an insurance advisor and the pandemic first hit was we didn't really know what the fuck COVID was. And so people would come and be like, hey, I've been in the hospital and ICU because of COVID and I can't make my payments. And it's like, it can be emotionally exhausting to not just have to do your job, but also try to play this role of a therapist. And I think like it just goes back to the topic of, well, you have to just listen, but you don't have to give advice. And because, like I said earlier, these are the spots that people go to to feel good about themselves. And this is why these conversations come out is because we think it's a safe space. Um, I asked one of my friends, um, he's a barber. Well, he cuts his friend's hair. I tell him all the time that he should start his own business. And I asked him, you know, does this ever happen with guys? Because, it's, you know, for girls, it seems to be this common thing to complain about boyfriends, failed dates, kids, divorces, and jobs. I said, what the hell do guys talk about? And he said to me, well, um, he just is concerned that as long as the barber doesn't show up hungover, or fucked up from the party the night before. Um, and they talk about who they're hooking up with. <laughs> I mean, it's less traumatizing than baby daddy drama and guys in jail <laughs> and 10 a.m. dick conversations. But that's just disgusting. That's just ratchet. <laughs> I don't know. Any guys listening out here, what are your experiences at the barbershop? Do you do you ever hear some crazy stories? I, I, I want to know. I, I really want to know. Um, is it really just, you know, about girls? Like, what, what do you guys talk about? Uh, let me know. Leave a review. Um, I think, like, really, at the end of the day, like I said, we just want a human connection. We really all do. And we're all going through so much right now. Um, 2020 has been fucked up, y'all. Um, but I think we should also keep in mind some sort of emotional intelligence when it comes to just spilling a lot of information. Um, be aware that your stylist, you don't know what your stylist is going through, right? You you don't know what's going on in their personal lives. And sometimes it can be a lot to unload. But if you're a stylist and you're listening to this and you're creating a safe space for your clients to talk about it, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that I think that's great. I I love that and continue doing that because we therapy is expensive. <laughs> so if I can get my nails done and have a therapy session, that that's pretty bomb. So uh, one last thing, Erica had also mentioned that at the same salon that she overheard the conversation about the guy going in jail, the nail technician had uh, asked, uh, another nail technician at the salon had asked uh, this girl getting her nails done if she had an OnlyFans. So um, that's wild. Support small business, I guess. (laughs) 
Don't be creepy about it, guys. Create a safe space for your clients and clients create a safe space for your stylist. That's all. And remember, you can have your cake and you can eat it too.